You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. For this episode, episode 300. Pop that bottle! You gonna pop? Oh! Oh, oh, oh. We're gonna talk about New York Dolls, self titled album. In the room, I have Rob. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah! And John. Trash! (laughs) Oh, no! No, 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 no! no, no. It's always hot! Yes, please. Thank He's you. feeling hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll learn about that in the 80s. <laughs> All right. New York Dolls is the debut album by the American hard rock band of the same name. It was released on July 27th, 1973 on Mercury Records. The producer was Todd Rundgren, and the genre is hard rock, proto-punk, glam rock, and punk rock. And from All Music Review, Mark Deming... When the New York Dolls released their debut album in 1973, they managed to be named both the best band and the worst band in Creams Magazine's annual readers poll. And it usually takes something special to polarize an audience like that. And the Dolls were inarguably special. Decades after its release, New York Dolls still sounds thoroughly unique, a gritty big city amalgamy of stone-style R&B, hard rock guitars, lyrics that merge pulp storytelling with girl group attitude, and a sloppy but brilliant attack that would inspire punk rock. Much was made of the doll's sexual ambiguity in the day, but with passage of time, it's a misfit swagger that communicates most strongly in these songs. The dolls made their downtown decadent sound both ominous and funny at the same time. This album still sounds fresh, and hasn't dated in the least. This is one of Rock's greatest debut albums, a ruckus statement of purpose that's still bold and thoroughly engaging. All right, what do we think of the New York Dolls? When I say love, you must believe I'm in love, though, you mean. No, I say that a lot. (laughs) God bless you, Todd Rundgren. God bless you. Dude, I didn't know this was a Todd Rundgren production. Todd Rundgren did not like their attitude in the studio. Of course he did. He once told them to get the glitter out of their asses and play. (laughs) They, they, they come from different schools of, of practice. Which is crazy to think about, like, that Todd Rundgren's such a weird studio imp that we've talked about in the past, but he's actually, you know, very dedicated on the on the the, the knobs and, yeah. the, and, the, and the levers. He, he takes it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. The ones, the twos, up through 16s. All of them. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> is that trademarked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't. Take that out. <laughs> uh... You know, but when you are a studio, hired studio, you know, 
gun or someone to work the levers. And then you have a band like this that comes in and they don't want to do anything that you want to do. I can see him just being like, oh, shit. You guys, just get it together so we can record this and I can get out of here. Like, no, you record us not getting together. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, that's their thing, right? I mean, they're yeah, kind yeah. of like, their whole thing is we are a notorious mess. <laughs> like, we are going to be so far over the top. I, I mean, I, I as a Rundgren persona. Was a perfect match for him, sonically. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Who'd, who'd have thought, like, Todd Rundgren, punk rock producer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, like, I, I could hear punk rock in Todd Rundgren. The sort of, like... Yeah, the way, that, like this is like that. The album that we just did of his like had all kinds of like had some attitude. Th- th- this song's a minute long. Yeah, that's true. He had some, but this ideas. is literally punk rock. Oh, absolutely. Is it though? It, it I think is. this is a punk album. Some people said it was the music. Quote. Some people said it was the music. Some people said it was the look. Some people said it was the attitude. The dolls had it all. They had it all. That, that's all. That's the recipe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to argue semantics, but. You would call I, this hard glam, or I don't know what the fuck to call it. Do like, you want, it, it, do you want me to so play Subway Train because that is straight up a Ramon song? I mean, I, I oh, do, is that, is I that do someone's in the kitchen play. with Dinah? Yes, that is someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. <laughs> let me let me play a Subway Train just well, so I mean, we can drive this home. And here. those are and those are elements of punk where you you're like, okay, I'll play simple chord progression and I'll bring in, you know a pop culture reference that everyone can associate with to a certain extent. And then I'll sort of marry that to an, you know, urban ideal about like, Oh, okay, well here's, you know, uh, sex or drugs. (laughs) This is just a rock and roll song, dude. This, it sounds like the Ramones, but it's because the Ramones sound like like this girl groups. Yeah. Yeah. But like personality crisis and trash, like those are punk songs. songs. Vietnamese baby. Yeah. You know, okay. Here's my argument for punk rock or new wave. Either one, they used uh, half steps in their in their progressions for rock and roll, which was not a huge thing. This is what makes them slightly different from mm. Rolling Stones. So, for example, on Vietnamese Baby or Frankenstein, they're using half steps. They're not they're not using whole steps, which is typical of rock rock music. It sounds this sounds like punk rock right here. You mean like, the, the, like that, that chord just, progression? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. a half step down. It's really, it's angular. It's angular. Yeah. Yeah. It has a different feel than rock and roll music. This. Yeah. No, you it's get, got that snarl. I mean, I'd argue yeah. that Roxy music has a different feel than rock and roll music. Like I, that the, I would have fucking killed to be alive at this point in time with music and actually have uh, any sort of concept of what was going on because everything we've been covering recently for the most part has been fucking solid gold. Okay. Um, but to your point with, I want to call it punk rock. I really do. Yeah. But I don't know in good, like, I think that punk had too much of a, an identity attached to it. Yeah. Um, which is what made it punk. It was... It was the uh, the uniform, and these guys were just freaks. <laughs> they they were playing fucking cool, loud, sloppy, fast music, but it hadn't it hadn't been commodified yet. Um, and I it, 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 this is just a fucking is, game of semantics at this point. Is the, Rob Power Punk or is Rob Power Proto Punk? I think that's Proto Punk, man. I mean, but because because it, it it doesn't all like. When I uh, oh I hate I hate I hate everything. <laughs> I, punk uh, rock is just so much faster than what Raw Power was actually doing. So what would be what would you consider? Yeah, it's a, it's the Sex Pistols punk rock. 
Um, Sex Pistols aren't even a good band. No, I mean, they're not. But. Yeah, technically, yes, because that, that's what it was branded as. I would say that New Rose by the Damned would be the first punk single. Hmm. Mm. What year was or that? that death album. And that's where the, 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 the death out of fucking Detroit yeah. doing doing their own goddamn thing. That's where it just everything gets so mixed up, man. Well, then why? Why? Do, why is it? Why is it why even is it, important to fucking label it? Yeah, is the, the yeah. question be, because someone has to be the first. Well, and the dolls are like right in line with all of those. Well, and they're definitely things. laying down punk tropes like some of the delivery, like the yeah. the like over amped like. I think at one point he even asked Rundgren, like, do I, do I sound ridiculous enough? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Do my vocals sound Here's, ridiculous enough? Yeah. Another <laughs> argument that I wrote down and I have about the dolls is they wrote what I would consider a bit like disposable songs. So they wrote songs. Let me kind of explain what that means. They have songs that sound funny and kitschy and campy and sleazy but at the same time, a lot of bands like the Ramones, they would have like, now I want to sniff some glue. You know, those ideas that are just like, here's here's in my brain. Let me put it down to music, get it out there and have attitude about it. But at the end of the day, like maybe it's not, you know, I'm not striving to be for this song to be other than getting this across, getting this attitude across. Looking for a kiss. Well, won't you tell me why most kids are moving so slow? Is it that they just don't have a place to go when the day is Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this record so good? It's really good. I mean, there's not a bad song nope. really on it. Like, I love them all. All killer. <laughs> all killer. They, I like that they, they didn't have any album concept coming in. They just came in to record, and they just played the songs that got the best responses when they would play them live. Like, yeah. all right, well, people seem to like this one. People seem to like this one. And uh, it worked. Yeah. For this album, at least. Yeah, I think so, too. I did have a... a my only qualms with the album is I don't think they're very good at uh, doing uh, sort of these, like, ballad songs. Mm. Like, Lon- Lonely Planet Boy. Yeah. And Not. did you hear that in in your version that you were listening to? There are some weird clicks or pops in uh, Lonely Planet Boy. Hmm. There's a saxophone on it, which is kind of interesting and new. Yeah. Uh, but Rumbling. when I was listening to it at home on the Spotify version, I don't know if it was how it's supposed to sound or not, because I've not listened to this whole album before. Yeah. Uh, I was hearing some sort of weird clicking or popping that was not on beat and just didn't seem to make sense hmm. near the end of the song. I didn't notice it. But Maybe some tape flutters. Yeah, like something that? was something was off on Lonely Planet Boy. Huh. But everything Rundling else sounded pretty mixed well and you know, uh you know, sonic sonically good. Yeah, I thought Rundgren did a great job. It sound it sounds really good. He has, I wish I wish Rob Howard was recorded this well. What a different yeah. world it would be. Yeah. It, what if it sucked? <laughs> what if the reason why rap power is good is because it was recorded so poorly? No. What if there's just a whole no bunch of more just like bad on it? I don't know. 
uh, I was gonna mention he has a lot of interesting ideas. Like in Vietnamese Baby, at the end, those drum rolls they go from channel left channel to right channel to left. They go they switch channels. That's cool. So they you know phase back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's it's just little things like that that you don't necessarily like pick up right away. And and uh, but there's such cool ideas. Also, Trash, which might be my favorite song. It's so good. Those angelic like, harmonies. <laughs> That's Todrick. Yeah. 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 Those like trash harmonies <laughs> that are in the background of yeah. of the playing is like uh it's How so do you good. call your lover boy? <laughs> trash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Rungan plays piano on some of this too, right? Like, yeah. yeah, he plays piano in personality crisis yeah. and uh one other one, I forget. It's another song that I say all the time. I'm just all like <laughs> trash. Uh, <laughs> pick <it> don't <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> you know, they added the the parenthesis uh original after frankenstein because they had that song and then they heard edgar winter's frankenstein and they wanted to make sure people knew that they had their <laughs> this first. is the original frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> i'm one of those people that it bugs me when people refer to uh frankenstein's monster as frankenstein <laughs> knowledge is knowing that frankenstein wasn't the monster wisdom is knowing that frankenstein was the monster <laughs> Well put. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, internet. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good one, though. Yeah, I, I like that quote. Yeah. Why do you think they were Cream's best band and worst band? I don't know if it was that their live performances were rough or something. I mean, they definitely were out there uh, in their garb and performance style, but that doesn't sound that strange. I mean, like, if you've got a world in which Iggy Pop is pouring peanut butter on himself and... Jumping but, into crowds. But the Stooges but were not. They weren't really into popular. Uh, yeah, I guess not. I can see where it's very divisive. I'm, I'm sure there's a good percentage of the listening population that was primed and ready to hear a band sound like they're going off the rails like this. I can also imagine that in this musical climate, where you know bands are getting bigger and better and tighter and more virtuosic, where they're like, "Why am I hearing a very well recorded?" shitty band practicing <laughs> yeah and they just don't get it but you, you, you gotta get it you gotta get it if you don't get it you're a fucking square <laughs> i think a bunch of squares were scared off by a bunch of transvestites like uh, uh, on the cover too, yeah. I, absolutely like it, it it's because think of new york city at this point in time yeah like it's just a fucking 1970s. shithole yep. fucking the best new york city has ever been was just a fucking <laughs> scary shithole and these dudes dressed up as ladies are coming out playing gross rock and roll. <laughs> like, either, it, it can only go two ways. Either you can go, oh yeah, or you can go, boo! <laughs> and like, the fucking pearl-clutching, like, uh, uh, critics of the time, a lot of them went, boo. They vote too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's I guess that's how you get the best and the worst. Shirt right? tuckers like, and yeah. pearl clutchers! <laughs> Shirt tuckers and pearl clutchers! <laughs> Can't stands it. Well, because, like, they kind of got a little bit of a break when they were, what, opening for Rod Stewart, right? Like, that was kind of their, like, slight ascendancy, and then their drummer died from an overdose on tour. Yeah, and they played with, was it Slade? You know, that, that makes sense. Uh, no, yeah, sorry, the, the, the Faces. did die. The mm-hmm. Faces at Wembley Stadium. Man, that would be a crazy-ass <laughs> show. Yeah. That, was that an- show wants to get loose with you. <laughs> yeah. November 6, 1972. Yeah, that's when drummer and songwriter uh, Billy Mercury uh, succumbed to what is usually referred to as an accidental overdose 
at partying in a London apartment, McCurry uh, mixed heroin and excessive amount of alcohol until he became OD. His girlfriend tried to revive him by putting him into a bath of cold water and forcing him to drink black coffee, but this only resulted in asphyxiation. Yeah. So, gotta roll him over on their side, man. That's yeah, rough. Man. So, do you know who they auditioned to fill the spot for drummer? Was it Chevy Chase? No, that would have, I mean, it's not listed. I mean, maybe. But. He played with someone, like Blue Oyster Cold or no, Steely, Steely Dan. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but two other uh, fairly famous drummers who didn't make the cut. Who is In, famous that's not going to make the Lars cut? Lars Ulrich. <laughs> he was five. <laughs> uh, Peter Chris and Marky Ramone. Oh, no shit. Didn't oh, make no the shit. cut. Yep. <laughs> didn't make the cut for this band. Yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I will say, though, that will you dress up like a girl? I'll dress up like a cat. <laughs> you are out of this band. <laughs> Get out of my sight. But that's Detroit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, maybe, I don't know if Peter Chris moved from New York to Detroit. Maybe, maybe he's have drums will travel. Yeah. Uh, I did find the drumming. What would you say? It's like. It's a bit sloppy, but still right there. It's fine. Yeah. All, all the players are fine. good. <laughs> it's, it's just fine. Yeah, Thunder has enough like oomph on the guitar to, mm-hmm. to carry all the songs through. To sound like old uh, 50s rock and roll, but still be inventive in a new way. It's cool. Yeah, it's an interesting mix of like, yeah, 50s you know, and girl groups and glam and punk for lack of a better word yeah. <laughs> like make my punk the weird punk i like my punk real weird <laughs> i do yeah put a wig on it <laughs> put a wig on <laughs> it <laughs> that's, that's my new saying right there <laughs> <laughs> a fun story uh david johansson goes on to become buster poindexter in the 80s um with his song hot 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 or feeling hot (laughs) perhaps hot hot um hot but it's weird there was um oh shit paul simon came out with call me al and that came out in april of uh 86 chevy chase shows up in the um Video for Call Me Al. Like he does. Buster Poindexter, Feeling Hot, July of 87. Bill Murray shows up in the video for Hot, 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 Hot. Hmm. Um, they then, hate each other. They the Wait, the, wait, Johansson and Murray? No. Murray, Mur- and Murray and Chase fucking hate each other. Since Johansson shows up in Scrooged. Yes. But... They just keep on showing up in each other's shit. Yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, with a, I I always assumed that uh, Murray showing up in Johansson's uh, later video was a, f- a snub to uh, <laughs> Chevy Chase for being in that fucking horrible <laughs> Paul Simon. Oh, you're going to collaborate with Paul Simon? Well, I will collaborate with Buster Poindexter. Thank you very much. Yeah, right? Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Uh, I have a side story for your Scrooge comment. Oh, yeah? It's about... Uh, Waterfalls. <laughs> Arthur Killer Kane, the bassist. So one night, Arthur Killer Kane, for, former bassist of the 70s uh, group, was watching TV when the movie Scrooge started playing. When he saw his former bandmate, David jo- Johansson, with, uh, with a role in the movie, Kane, jealousy, and anger spiraled so out of control that he attempted suicide by jumping out of a third-story window, but his attempt failed when he landed on an awning below. Later, he saw an ad for a free copy of the Book of Mormon. He requested the book and soon became a Mormon. He said it was wait, like... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> David Johansson playing a ghost? <laughs> will make you into a Mormon. He said later... Former bandmates yep. into Mormon. Wow. He said it was like an LSD trip from the Lord. Okay. So how many steps okay, away... Okay, Killer Kane. <laughs> how many steps away from Kevin Bacon is that? <laughs> Man, not many. No. From Scrooge to probably one. Yeah. It's a lateral move, really. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it was a hell of a performance, I will say that. Yeah. I was just like, What? I, I'd argue this is one of the best records I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's I always go back to it. Like it, it, it probably top 30 for me. Wow. It's crazy good. I mean, it's a, it's weird in that I only know a few songs on it and hadn't heard the whole album before, but it felt really natural to just listen through it all the way through over again. There's not a song I don't like on it. I mean, no. it's if you can see it out there, I would totally pick it up. It's just such cool rock and roll. Like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's hard to top how good this record is. This yeah. is how I like my rock and roll. I like it loose and dangerous. Yep. Yeah. This really, that's what they're doing. This really takes to the exile exactly what was going on in exile and be like, let's put on mascara. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> if you like your stones. Glammed up, yeah. <laughs> like you got it. Joe Hansen does bear a resemblance. He does, and his delivery on, like, like you said, Subway Train is absolutely Stones esque. But I would argue that they do push a bit in those, like, those minor progression, those mm-hmm. uh, half half step progressions, to be a little. It's a little more o- ominous. Yeah. Uh, and just speaking about New York and the sort of like. Yeah, the fucking gross ass seventies, man. The filthy seventies <laughs> attitude. So, this is so punk right here. Yeah. This is so punk. Yeah. Got the gang vocals. Sheila was telling me that uh, that this was the record that uh, made her figure out that scales can be fun. Yeah. Like, because before that, it was just Ramones learning to play along, like, you know, with what's going on. This is the first thing that she heard where, like, the bassist is actually running scales. Yeah. Um, which I wish everyone would just listen to this record first before listening to the Ramones. There's that plenty way, of time uh, to listen to the Ramones. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We, we, Both we, these we, albums clock in at like half hours. It's so. true. Yeah, no problem there. How about instead of listening to some shitty double album, <laughs> just listen to New York Dolls and Ramones just twice. <laughs> just yeah. listen to this New York Dolls record twice in a row. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fine. <laughs> this was one of the first albums I ever owned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh wow. All right, cool dude. It was, uh, no, <laughs> I mean I was once I had sort of like. Started picking my poisons. I, w- I, I did the background and I looked up, you know, it went from Clash to, to this, you know. I, I basically was like, what is like the Clash? And then it just opened up all these different doors. I, I didn't find out about this That's shit cool. until my mid-20s. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what do you think? 
Or do we even need to go around? Yeah, love it! No. Yeah. No. Can't stand ya! Pick it up! <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's great. When I say I'm in love, you best believe I'm in love. L-U-B. <laughs> oh yeah, also that noise at the end. Oh, when it kisses? It, yeah, yeah. It, it's just into his hand. That's, that's, that's the... Uh, <laughs> studio I technique. wish I had been able to, to, to see this band in this era. Just like, oh, man. show up like one... Like, one of those clubs that they were just like doing yeah, Texas, Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. It could have been a mess, though. It would have been yeah, still been awesome. great. Yeah. I would, I would be damned if it wasn't. <laughs> be fine being scared of being stabbed. <laughs> like, all right. Next time we'll be talking about Brian Eno. Here come the warm jets. You guys want to kiss it off? 